Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. Daryl, this is episode 293. We're getting closer to 300. Prepare for glorious purpose, my subjects. Prepare yourself. Um, all right. So no news bites this week. We are we've got just four main topics. If that I, can we have four main topics? Well, I mean, it's our podcast, so sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, the main topic is obviously Superman and Lois because we're both in love with this show. Um, but we've got the Masters of the Universe Revelation trailer dropped, and then. Eternia exploded um, with 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 news and, and conjecture and conspiracy theory. So we're going to talk about that a little. Uh, Loki premiered on Wednesday, which I believe is the first like non Friday show Disney Plus has put out that we care about. At least I don't uh, know yeah, about I, some yeah, of these other maybe shows. some of the other things, but yeah, uh, it seems like everything is on Fridays. Uh, then the Bad Batch, which came out today as as of recording on the eleventh. Uh, funny enough, the Bad Batch. I had to scroll over nine times to get to the the Bad Batch across like the header today to watch it. I, yeah, uh, that's how little Disney thinks about this show. <laughs> yeah, they they do it a disservice the way that they highlight it yep. or don't highlight it. Right. Anytime uh, it was Wandavision or The Mandalorian, you would there's no way you would miss it yep. because it's right there. It's plastered the very first thing at the yeah. top of the banner. So. Even um, so. even Virtue Signal and the Neutered Soldier didn't get like the prime billing. You had to scroll like maybe three times to get to that. Yeah, it's so. And the fact that it's a Star Wars show, regardless of right. what we we think I mean, about it, it's still a Star Wars show. It's so Star Wars, you know, it's the greatest IP yeah. in history. Do a better job. Do Disney. just do your job. Market the yeah. goddamn show anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, we have all that to talk about. I mean, it's been, it's been a weird week in pop culture. Um, there was news, but there wasn't news, if that makes any sense. Um, there was more drama than anything else. Yes. Yes. So. Although there will be some good, there will be some, a plethora of news this weekend with E3 starting tomorrow, running to through Tuesday, I believe. Yep. So there's, there's definitely going to be a, some, some, hopefully some big news coming out of there. That I'm, I'm going to be paying close attention to. Yep. So our, our video game correspondent will be, uh, will we'll hopefully be putting out some some content over on the YouTube channel for that. Yep. Isn't that right, you uh, video game correspondent, Daryl? <laughs> yes. And I have my microphone. I have my you know my earpiece in. I'm pushing the earpiece in. This is Daryl Jasper from. Oh, I don't even know if E3 is going to be is it all all virtual or if they are actually I mean, having it. I it's California. In a the place. state doesn't technically open oh. for like another four more days. Yeah. Yeah. So and I forgot about that, so. Who even knows? So, all right. Uh first up we have Masters of the Universe Revelations. Um I <laughs> I just want to start with a very positive note. This trailer is amazing. It it was um the animation looks really good. It doesn't look lazy like Invincible. Um it, it doesn't look kind of disjointed like Castlevania, even though it's the same studio powerhouse. Or uh right? Yeah, powerhouse no, animation. I I, yeah. Um like did you watch Castlevania? 
I watched the first season. I uh, and part of the well, no, yeah, I watched the first season and part of the second. So I don't know how if the animation has changed or not. I do want to go back because I, I was actually fascinated. Yeah, I actually liked the story, but it, you know, other stuff came out and it just got put on the back burner for me. But now that season four is over and done with, I I really do want to go back. But yeah, it's one of those with the animations and some of these. It has that almost anime anime animation but not yeah uh it's a little bit more almost like angular in certain ways mm-hmm. that yeah and and there's some sometimes there's some wonky you know movement in the action yeah i didn't and love I, the animation in castlevania yeah so i just stopped watching so, <laughs> yeah so in this one and again i i agree wholeheartedly about this trailer this trailer looks fantastic <laughs> The I need a hero has been oh, absolutely. blaring Perfect in my song. head. I've been whistling all it all day. Freaking I've just been day. walking around yes. whistling it. Hey, remember <laughs> when I used to start a show and then just like no matter what, watch it until it wasn't on the air anymore? Yeah. I mean, I was like everything. I quit I quit shows. I don't even go three episodes anymore. It's like if if there's something offending in the first two episodes or something that I don't like or or just like it doesn't look like the story is going to be interesting. I'm like I'm done until somebody else tells me this. You is do good a Kramer catch up, but you, you pretty much do a Kramer. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Out. Um, now, but if I do love a show, I mean, I become an evangelist for it and I post yes. about it and tweet about it and talk about it and wear t-shirts about it and you know it's it's all that fun stuff. So, um, make you watch it. <laughs> vice versa um so yeah all right so the summary for masters of the universe revelation uh goes as follows masters of the universe revelation developed by kevin smith and produced by powerhouse animation studios is a sequel to the 1983 through 1985 filmation series he-man and the masters of the universe masters of the universe revelation is set after the final battle between He-Man and Skeletor and will also tell the tale of Tila, a former captain of the guard of Castle Grayskull, who, after the destruction of Eternia, seeks out the missing sword of power to prevent the end of the universe. Herein lies the drama, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Herein lies the drama. All right. So, real quick, back in May, I want to say May 5th, uh, I'm going to pull up the article so I can give you, uh, May 13th, sorry, Kevin Smith sat down with Entertainment Weekly and did a um, a really in-depth interview where, uh, well, first off, the... <laughs> The person, Nick Romano, he didn't write the title of the article, so I'm not going to blame him necessarily. But the title of the article is Masters of the Universe Revelation Unleashes the Powah, P-O-W-A-H, with the first look at Kevin Smith's series, and they had a bunch of pictures. All right. Uh, At no point did he even say Powah. He he completely enunciated the R uh, to the point. All right, here's the weird shit about this article, though. It's, it starts talking about She-Ra, or She-Ri, if you will. Um, the, the Netflix version that is uh, much maligned and, and, and controversial. And there's even a video with like the She-Ra cast at the top of this, this article in an in interview with Kevin Smith. So yeah, wh- why? <laughs> 
I don't know. So, um, but I mean, it goes into it. It's talking about you know, Chris Wood is 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 He Man is the voice of He Man. Uh, Chris Wood was Monel on Supergirl. Uh, he's done a ton of stuff. He's I think was he on Glee? I think he was on Glee. Um, I think everyone on Super Supergirl was on Glee. Um, <laughs> but here it says the the first quote from Kevin. Everything I've ever worked on in like 27 years. This is easily the top five of my favorites, most satisfying projects. Says Smith, a He-Man super fan whose show runs Reve- who show runs Revelation and executive produces with Mattel Televisions, Frederick Soleil, Adam Bonnet, Christopher Keenan, and Rob David. When I die, they'll be like, he made Clerks, remember? Because that's the most memorable thing I've ever made or ever done. I think this has a running shot in me. Like, he made Clerks and that one other cartoon that one time is what Kevin Smith says. All right. So right here, he he's called called a super fan. And and I think he's uh he's trying to act like he is the uh I don't know. It, it just comes across like he's like, yeah, Superman or Superman. He man's the shit. Uh I'm I'm all in on He Man. I've always been all in on He Man, right? Right. And right. so I, one thing I told you he never used the word super fan. He didn't. How, you're right. However, and that this was the, the important one part part to me. And later on, I think it's in this article or in another article, he says that you know he was watching this and he never collected the toys because mm-hmm. he was at fourteen and his mother was like, "Okay, you're too old to collect toys." But he he said at that time he was very much into DC and Marvel. Yeah. And He Man was right up there with it. Right. So that tells me why he did not say. I'm a super fan. Right. Saying that, and you know how much he's into DC and Marvel oh, comics yeah. uh, his whole life. So if he's saying that, that means he is a super fan, even though he didn't use that term. So I just want to, you know, kind of say, while he didn't say that exactly, he right. kind of confirmed it by saying Masters of the Universe was up there with DC and Marvel for him. Right. Absolutely. And so you're, you guys are probably wondering, like, why are they talking about Kevin Smith's uh, standum of, uh, of He-Man? And, um, it's because Twitter never forgets. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter should change their their little bird to an elephant because Twitter never forgets. <laughs> All right, from this tweet at eleven thirty seven a.m. on January the thirteenth, twenty ten, uh, Kevin Smith tweeted, "I wasn't a He Man fan, but Gallery nineteen eighty eight is running an awesome Masters of the Universe art show. Look." with a tag to I have the power art.blogspot.com. Um and again, like so this is this is where it, it's coming into. And you know, they're calling him a super fan and um you know, I, I was actually having an argument with Angel. Like I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, right? Before mm. I I read the 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 plethora of he-man fraud exposed kevin smith caught in a lie not a fan all about tila um drama i i i 100 now think he-man is like that trailer that amazing trailer that we just got to see today it's the first episode it's the first episode and that's it because there's a picture in one of the articles it might even be the entertainment weekly oh no i don't want to do that um in the entertainment weekly article where it's uh tila uh, hold on, let me get to it. Yeah, there it is. Um, oh, it's slowly coming up. So it's Tila, it's Evelyn, it's Robot Man, 
um, or whatever his name is, and uh, Orco, Orco, and and Angela. Uh, Andra. I'm sorry, Andra. Sorry, uh, Roboto, not Robot. <laughs> See, I'm not. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't a huge He-Man fan, so um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not pretending here. But like one, the like the only one who looks like the character from like the first trailer is Evelyn, right? Tila right. Tila's jacked. There there's no more curves to her. She's got like You mean Abby? Abby, yeah, <laughs> right. Um so here's the other thing. Sarah Michelle Geller is the voice of uh Which... of Tila. Like, you know, the the Clownfish TV people made a great point. There's no way they're making this show and Sarah Michelle Geller is the is the voice if Tila's not the main character. And and I'll have to say I love uh, seeing the voice cast. You have you know it's Kevin Conroy's in this it's amazing it, you know, voice cast. Liam Cunningham, mm-hmm. Henry Rollins, uh, great great cast. But Mark Hamill and, doing again, the Joker know, doing some, yes. doing Skeletor. And you know I you know I was a fan of Buffy and yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar. I'm not I'm not again they do things with voices, but I'm not seeing her especially this Tila. I'm not seeing her as Tila's voice. Yeah, I, I, I know see that, her that's as, like, like the original incarnation of Tila. Um, yeah, but. Th- that's a little nitpick, and I mean it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things of what we're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I think the voice casting is very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Lena Headey think... is Evil Lynn. Um, yeah, that so is. The, here's the interesting thing: here, Andra is voiced by Tiffany Smith. Um, if you don't know that name, I'm not surprised. Um, she was like the host of the youtube show dc daily um like a few years ago before it got canceled it was really good i mean she was good at the host at at hosting it but kevin smith was on that show all the time so you know this is the reason she has this character and then the other fun thing that we were talking about justice for gingers before we started recording is andra was a white redheaded woman and now she's a black woman who you know they they are describing her and tila as a couple which let's that brings us back to Kevin Smith and his chicanery. Well, I will, I'll say it that way because, again, was this a few weeks ago? Clownfish TV ran with a rumor that they mm-hmm. heard about this, about this exact thing. Yeah, because they, they said they had an insider leaking thing. Yeah, that He Man was not the main, you know, the main character the main protagonist of this story that Tila had a girlfriend and what did Kevin Smith do? His reply was basically there is, he man is at the forefront there. We like Tila does not have a girlfriend or there is no girlfriend or something along those lines. And then we get, and again, we don't know about the girlfriend part, right? which to be honest, doesn't matter. Tila doesn't have a girlfriend. Fine. That's, that is the, I, yeah, the I don't, least I don't like and again making Andra black is the least interesting thing about the character. Yeah. The thing my issue is seeing that summary synopsis from you know Netflix talking about it's up to Tila right. to do X, Y, and Z. Oh yeah. That's telling me that He Man is not in the picture Dead. like we want him to be. Yeah, so so when he says He Man is front and center, he's just talking about the first episode. So he, yeah, he it's, a, it's a lie of omission, right? 
He's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, he man, he man's just he's not around, you know. He's he's he's, he's just a guy, you know. He's there. He's you know, <laughs> he's a uh, you know, he's 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 pushing up daisies because Skeletor killed him and took the sword. You know what I'm saying? He he did this, um, <laughs> but you know, I used to love Kevin Smith, like, and I still love Clerks. I think Clerks is one of the greatest movies ever made, um, from a strictly narrative point of view, right? It, it's it's like it's like Ghostbusters. It's not really about anything in particular, but it's just really good at being about nothing in particular. Um, Mallrats, I feel like, is it's not just a cult classic; it's a classic. Um, Dogma is hands down his best movie, hands down. Um, I love Dogma, and you know, like you know, Lannis Morissette is God in Dogma. Zero zero issue. I thought that was great because. Alanis Morissette is amazing. Um, but, like, it's like, dude, what, you used to be all about story and storytelling and, and you know, making making the story come first. And, and here he is, like, you know, I, I don't want to say bending a knee or anything like that. But, but, but here he is, like, just kind of like, I don't know. I, I I don't know why he's. I I don't I don't understand why this is why, why this and, has to be the way it is, and and you know, let's let's be a hundred percent honest. He Man is niche. All right. If we learned anything from Shiri, um, when you make the 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 hardcore like very vocal masters of the universe fan base upset, they're not going to support you. No. And you need that core support. And when you have the people who are like, oh, this is just to sell toys because Shiri was the best show ever. Uh, Haley and I watched the first two episodes of that. And I was prepared to sit through it with her because, you know, I'm a dad. And, and that's Sacrifices. Do. Right. Sacrifices must be made. Uh, and she was like, dad, I don't want to watch this. I'm like, oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh. Thank the gods of the co- of the colonial fleet. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> you don't want to watch us? Great. No, no longer on my list. So say we all. Um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, like, like you said, this voice cast is amazing. I mean, Alan Oppenheimer, who was the original voice of Skeletor, who's like ninety one, is coming back as Mossman. You have Kevin yeah. Conroy, like you said, as Merman, which I think will be interesting. Bear, yeah, um, Bear McCreary is doing the score. Yeah. So, like on paper, it's like, dude, this is gonna be a hit, and that that uh, so it it's coming out in two parts. It's split into two parts, two five episode parts. So I, I'm I'm gonna guess part one is gonna do pretty well, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's looking like this is just gonna be the Tila show, nobody will watch part two. Yeah, and. And again, there were some other quotes in these art because we're, you know, there's in, the inter, uh, Entertainment Weekly, then there's one from Bounding into Comics, and there yep. was another one. Uh, but uh, Ted Biaselli, or Biaselli, mm-hmm. he's the director of original series at Netflix. Like, listening to him talk about this, because he was like, he told Kevin Smith, he's like, please don't talk down to it. Mm-hmm. Don't make fun of it. Right. Don't wink. Treat it like Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And that's from some, li- reading that quote, is another one of those things that kind of like almost jazzes me up because you know you have this guy the director of original series at netflix mm-hmm. saying something like that he really really has fond memories of this show 
it, it just gives me such hope. And then I won't say my hopes are dashed. I, I won't say that, but it, it's severely hampered. Cause one of the things I told you when you were, when we, when we saw the trailer and you were a little bit down on you know, some of the stuff we heard, I'm like me so, sort of the optimist. I was mm-hmm. like, well, let's, I, I well, I, I said, let's hope this is like the rumor of the Witcher because back when the Witcher came out, there were rumors coming out that said that Geralt, Henry Cavill's character, Geralt of Rivia, mm-hmm. was going to be kind of a secondary character, and you were going to have Siri and uh, Yennefer as the main characters of the story. Mm-hmm. That did not happen. Again, yeah, I was hoping that that was going to be the case with this, but then you see the synopsis, and I'm again, I, because it's in two parts. Maybe part one is like that. And part two, actually, He Man comes back. I don't yeah. know. I, or yeah, vice again, versa. I, I don't know. But like, you look at the original He Man series, right? Paul Dini, right. Paul Dini, from Batman the Animated Series, who who from from Justice League Unlimited, from Batman Beyond, from Static Shock, from from all of these great animated shows of the '90s, wrote a massive chunk of He Man and the Masters of the Universe. Um especially early on. Uh, you had J. Michael Straczynski write some of this stuff. J. Michael Straczynski wrote a ton of She-Ra. You know, um, I, I, like, you know, when we went, when we sat down and, like, rewatched everything a couple years ago with Haley, like, I kind of liked She-Ra. I thought She-Ra was, like, a little more of a compelling show uh, than, than the original He-Man was. And I personally mm-hmm. like the 2000 He-Man. That's the one that, like, if I could just go back and watch, that's the one I would watch. Um, so the 2000 to 2004. Anyway, it was only two seasons, but it was good. It was like that Thundercats season uh, show that got 26 episodes. That was yeah. the recap, uh, re- uh, reboot, whatever. Uh, so, yeah. Now, if you're going to call something like a direct sequel, you have to stay you, – you, you unfortunately are giving yourself swim lanes that you have to stay within. Yes. Because uh, I've been thinking about this a lot. Who are you to change 40-year-old characters? Who are you, like Brian Michael Bendis, to change 80-year-old characters, 60-year-old characters, 70-year-old characters from the core of what they are? You know? Uh and so, I mean, it's it's just one of those things when when you when you're thinking about it. Um, how how can you be anything but disappointed if they don't strictly adhere to, you know, not just the story but like the core tenets of the characters from from the original. And and that's the thing. And we've talked about this so much because this is continually happening. That's the thing people like us that have history with these characters have issues with. It's the fact that they are ignoring these tenets of these characters and what these characters are about and who these characters are. If you want to create a a black character, if you want to create one, there are plenty of black characters out there. If you you want to race swap a character, at the end of the day, it's not important. Right. I mean, it really like there, there's a few characters where it's important. Right. You're not going to make He-Man black. You're not going to make. Well, you shouldn't make Superman black. You're not going to make Batman black or Bruce Wayne Batman at the very least. Um, You're not going to make Miles Morales white. You're not going to make T'Challa white. You're not going to, you know, there, there, there's just you're not going to make Luke Cage white. You know, there, there, there's just certain things like that. 
But when when you start looking at these these people who are like, and we're going on forever. Like I'm I'm kind of done talking about this to be honest. Um, when when you when you have existing characters from existing material, and you decide, oh well, I'm just gonna willy nilly change change this. Who 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 are you to make that decision? Yeah, if you want to do that, make your own character. Yeah, exactly. Just put a new character in. It's a it's a yeah. it's a it's a sequel, right? Like this person showed mm-hmm. up after the battle. This new character yeah. named you know Josephine, who you know made eyes at Tila. Yeah, it, yeah, and again, like kind of wrapping up with this. I, like I said, I'm my hopes are not dashed. I love the animation. I love the voice casting. I mm-hmm. I love. I love pretty much everything Bear McCreary does. Oh yeah. So I love his, like I love him being in this. I'm I'm going to give I'm I'm yeah obviously going to give this a go, and yeah. I'm hoping that you know that that synopsis there was a little bit misleading because okay if you don't have He Man in it for an episode maybe two episodes at most because this is only five episodes like the first part. Okay, I can deal with that. But again, this is Masters of the Universe. This show he-man is at the center of it Mm -hmm. and i don't mean it in the sense of center of the story being they're searching for him Mm -hmm. he's front and center as the character himself on screen and that's what i want and i'm really hoping that you know this is all you know this we're getting you know a little bit uh concerned about nothing but i just don't think that's the case right yeah so anyway all right so moving on to the next topic all right, so Loki premiered uh, this week on the Disney Plus, and episode one, glorious purpose, of course, because you know when 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 we first meet Loki in the Avengers, he's talking about his glorious purpose, right? Uh, directed by Kate Heron, who is the showrunner. Uh, written by Michael Waldron, who is the writer of the Multiverse of Madness. If you did not know. Oh, interesting. So, um, yeah. So, so this show's a little weird, right? It's six episodes. And they gave us, with this, this episode, essentially, like, a zero issue of a comic book. Um, they kind of set the table. And I, I feel like with the type of character that Loki is... And there were some high high points in the in the episode for sure. Um, it should have been Loki hopping around the multiverse just from the with the Tesseract from the get go, with Mobius and Mobius on his tail. And honestly, when this series was first announced, that's pretty much what I thought it was going to be. At least part of it was. That's what I thought. I thought, okay, yeah, he has a Tesseract. He's going to be hopping all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then he, the Tesseract is out of his hands less than 60 seconds into the, well, right. a little bit more than that, because we do get, you know, flashbacks to Avengers Endgame and how all that happened. But yeah. th- for the most part, it's, it's out of his hands almost immediately at the start, within the first two minutes of the show. Right, right, right. So um, I like the look. I, I like the aesthetic of the show. I, I, thought, I thought that was, uh, that was quite cool. Um, I liked the banter between um Tom Hiddleston and 
Owen Wilson. And I, I don't know if I've told you this, but I'm, I'm a big Owen Wilson fan. I like, <laughs> I like everything. He is not everything, but I, I typically like watching things he's in. Um, cause I like, I just like his brand of acting, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, and I mean, yeah. yeah, Tom Hiddleston is just, he is Tom, the, Tom Hiddleston is great. Even in, in, in instances where, you know, I, I do get tired of, the MCU making him such a kind of like almost like a bumbling mm-hmm. type clown figure in, in certain instances, Tom Hiddleston's still great in those moments. Right. Tom Hiddleston is great in the moments, in the serious moments he gets when he's basically, Hey, Loki, this is your life looking, you know, at the flashbacks of some of the more powerful scenes of what's happened mm-hmm. in the MCU. I love that. I love the deep cut of, you know, Loki being DB Cooper. That was my Ooh. favorite part of the entire that episode, was, by the way. That, that was, was awesome. great. Um, and the whole the whole reason for doing that was awesome. Yeah, I lost a bet. <laughs> I, I lost a bet but, to my brother. Brother, yeah. I'm Dell. Be ready. <laughs> yeah, and if people don't know, D.B. Cooper is a guy that hijacked a plane in the 60s. Yep. Parachute basically parachuted out after getting you know the ransom money of 200-something thousand dollars, yep. and he's never been found. Never. So, so yeah, that was that was really really quite good that that they did it that way, um, for I, sure. Another yeah, so another thing I did like was some of the bits of humor about the TVA time variance authority, and it was like DMV humor. Yeah, where it's like you're waiting in line for this stuff. Take a ticket. Yeah, it, like stuff like that. That that I did like that. I thought that was pretty funny. You had the uh, like you said the Jurassic Park. Uh, you probably wonder probably saying you shouldn't be here and it gives you the spiel kind of like they did in Thor Ragnarok on what a uh, Sakar was. Mm-hmm. It had that type of humor yeah. to it. So I yeah. did I did appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I did I like I said I liked the um I liked that whole thing. Oh, I guess Michael Waldron is the showrunner. Okay, I got that backwards. Um Yeah, no, the 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 Miss Minute thing w- was was great. And the fact that it's Tara Strong's voice, I thought was pretty cool. Um she's a very prolific like cartoon actress. She was the voice of Batgirl, things like that. Uh Yeah, so again, this is one that you're looking at and like you're really excited for. Like I have talked to a lot of people and like this is the one that they were most excited for coming in. Um and it didn't hit the ground running, right? That was the weird thing. Right. Yeah. The like you said, the whole and again, this is the first episode. We understand that. But like I, I like your when you said it's more like a zero issue. And the, in comics, you know, that zero issue is kind of given a backstory that they don't want to necessarily have to deal with or take the time out of the full on story. So that's why they do these zero issues. And this that's this absolutely felt like that in the sense of we didn't get to what this this show is about until what the last 30 seconds of the episode. Right. Right. And there was there was just a bunch of sight gags and then the the whole point of the TVA um the time variance agency is that they're there to protect the sacred timeline. Um and you know to be honest like they they to me they did a lot of harm 
to any moment that that made you feel anything during the first 22 episodes of the MCU. <laughs> I like that 22 episodes. I mean, it's it's a giant TV show. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We've talked. You've talked. You said that before, and it, it's absolutely true. And and, and you know, yeah. like there's no such thing as free will. Things are supposed to happen. Like when Loki is in front of um, oh, what's her name, the judge. Uh, just totally Ro- Ro- Ravana Renslayer. That's a great name. Uh, sounds like something from Harry Potter, right? Uh, when he's when he's in front of her and and he's like, "I'm not guilty. It's the Avengers. They're the ones who you should be after." And like I've said all along, the Avengers are the bad guys in that movie. In which movie? The Infinity War and Endgame. Oh, like, oh, because of Thanos. Okay, they're they're the bad. <laughs> I mean. They are they're literally trying to keep the status quo, the establishment in in place that is hurting people. And, you know, now is genocide the answer? Maybe not. But um, you know, it's really just a snap at your fingers and you know, it's all done. Uh but you know, the whole thing where he's like, No, the Avengers and, and then the the Judge Ren- Renslayer is like, no, no, that was supposed to happen. So, okay, they knew that was supposed to happen. The Avengers were supposed to go back and supposed to disrupt all of this stuff. Tony has that moment with his dad that only happened because Loki got the Tesseract from the yeah. Avengers bumbling the mission. So wasn't that supposed to happen? Yeah, and it's, this is one of those things, and, and I told you one. There's before you know I watched it before you, and I said there's one thing I really, really didn't like, and it was this whole oh this is all predetermined. Yeah, you know everything that happened happened because it's part of the timeline, and it's X Y and Z. You know, you know, uh, yeah, discussion, it, discussion, it, whatever. It was like the whole the the, the drawer full of infinity stones. Yeah, and you're playing you the Infinity Stones most as of a them gag. Were, most of them were Soul Stones. I didn't notice. I didn't pay attention to that part. Yeah, most of them were Soul Stones, which is like, how many people were lost to get that stone? Or yeah, how and, many loved ones were sacrificed to get that stone? But was that just predetermined? And, and you yeah. just when you go fix it, you take that? Um, you had told me that you were kind of upset that Loki got manhandled by a couple of humans. But then as I was thinking about that, um, I, these people aren't human because they can handle infinity stones without burning up. Or is that because when the infinity stones are in this bubble of this TVA bubble, they, which again, these are primordial cosmic forces. I have a hard time. And again, it may be because it's the aesthetic of that. It looks human, mm-hmm. like the TVA. Everything. It look. There's a lot of stuff about the TVA that looks like you. Like I said, like something you would see at the DMV. Right. So, uh, maybe. And again, I think we might get more about what the TVA truly is. And again, it, it was created by these three, quote to quote Loki, space lizards. <laughs> that. So you're saying that they're more powerful than celestials. They're more powerful than you know infinity stones to be able to nullify this there's a lot of unanswered questions but and yeah about the manhandle and again this is not just from this a lot of times you know these shows like this they're not consistent with strength levels endurance levels all that stuff and a lot of times things are written just to say hey we have to do this because reasons and like i was telling (laughs) you about the deceased where yeah 
like uh, Black Adam turns his back into his human form in the deceased comic line. And spoiler alert, because he does that, he gets infected. And it's like, why would he change back? Well, knowing what's going on, he changes into his vulnerable form, which, again, I don't know enough about Black Adam. But like you said, is it would his form die because, you know, he's 5000 plus years old or whatever. Yeah. So stuff like that is written into shows. To, it's uh, it's convenience. It's, it's a narrative convenience. And it's just, it's like one of those staples of fiction. But just kind of going back to the like that whole predetermined aspect that's the one that's really really bugged me because thinking back to endgame because i just watched endgame not too long ago or infinity war that really really bugged me Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. here's hoping that these five episodes coming up will do a better job of explaining some of this maybe it's one long con i don't know yeah but that that really stood out as one of those things that despite some of the stuff i liked that's a that's a major that takes away major points from this episode of you know the whole TVA aspect and how it just affects everything in MCU. Well, and so like I had some questions like maybe they're they are you know manipulating things and showing him other versions of events to manipulate Loki because uh, mm-hmm. they show him Freya's death and they say he's directly responsible for sending the the dark elves up the path where she was. And that's what got her killed, um, which, you know, is kind of heartbreaking if that's actually true and how that works. Uh, but at the, at the same time, you know, they show him his death. And, you know, this is a Loki from, you know, just post Avengers where he was ripping out people's eyes and, you know, killing indiscriminately and, and all of that. Um, one of the darker versions of Loki that we've had in the MCU and he immediately like becomes a uh, a mewling quim, um, <laughs> and you know it, it's 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 weird because it's like all right, so we we we've had this character around for you know ten years now, and we've got to see many different versions of Loki. You know, I've been falling for a half hour straight, pissed off, pulling out knives to kill Doctor Strange. You know, that's probably my favorite moment in all of Loki. This. Um, to you know stranding odin in an old folks home um you know and and in killing you know trying to kill thor multiple times but but this version that we have it is probably the most villainous version that that we've seen and they're they're toying with him yeah and he got to where he was at the beginning uh at the end of ragnarok way too fast considering it was another what five years until yeah. he got to, got to that point and, and and part of the reason he got to where he was after ragnarok was because of the grand master and living in fear of the grand master who is a celestial who it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if loki is a god and um oh by the way calling him mr lauf laufenson laufenson was great by the way um because all of the promotional material was calling him Loki Odinson. And it's like, well, that's not true. Um, actually, as I push my glasses up to the bridge of my nose, um, you know, actually, he was um, an, a frost giant. But, you know, it was, it was, I really enjoyed that. Um, I, I liked the little, like, this is your life or this could be your life version that they, they showed him. Um, but then the big spoiler at the end is that they're hunting Loki. 
which was pretty obvious when they were talking about the knives yeah. and the girl pointed. And I saw people like, oh, is, are they going to show Mephesto? No, stop it. Mephesto's not <laughs> like Mephesto's not a thing. Jack Schaefer didn't know who Mephesto was until after WandaVision came out and people started talking about Mephesto, which, again, isn't a problem for me like some other people had issue with. Um, the fact that, that Jack Schaefer was able to, uh, to, to to put that little bit of a um, Easter egg in there without meaning to, I, I think, is, is just kind of shows how good some of the storytelling was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, it, this is supposed to be setting up the multiverse of madness, and I'm afraid we're not going to get to see enough of the multiverse. Yeah, I. It almost is is we'll get kind of like instead of most of that movie or a good portion of that movie being the multiverse, we might get about ten minutes of it or something. Right. Again, we could be absolutely wrong, but right, right, right. just going. And again, because this is only one episode. We're making a lot of assumptions and doing a lot of conjecture. Well, and what I do, do have I, a bunch. What do I always say about the pilot episode of a series? You can't judge a series by the pilot it's episode. It's usually the very worst episode of the series. Yes. So yeah. if this is as bad as it gets, we're in good shape. Yeah. I, I just think it's six issues, episodes, sorry, six episodes. There's not a lot of time. There was. There's no prequel, like, comic book that comes from this the other thing that kind of bothers me is the um daniel kittlesmith is his name uh it, it, it's based on one of his runs with character loki um uh kibble smith sorry like yeah and, and yeah, so god who fell to earth or yeah something. the god who fell to earth and I mean, it was it, it wasn't good. He's not a very good comic book writer, um, you know. So so the fact that it's based off of that that unfortunately having that knowledge of of comics really bothered me. He's the one who came up with the idea of Snowflake and space, Safe Space for the New Warriors. Seriously, yeah. So I uh, I oh, purposely geez. waited to tell you that when we got on the podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um so <sighs> yeah. All right. So let's let's just out of 5 um infinity paperweights. What do you what do you give it? I give it a 3. Uh there there's a lot of there there's some good stuff in this. But the biggest issue for me, again, is the whole predetermined timeline thing, which really, it really soured me on this. I think I would have probably given it a 3.5 if not for that. I really love Tom Hiddleston. I, I like Owen Wilson. Yes, there's some predictableness, uh, predictability with this, but who knows? It could be, I would, I, I'm curious to see which version of Loki and he's going to, of himself. He's going to fight. My conjecture was this is going to be the female version of him. Yeah. Which again, that's no, that's you know that's comics. That's Norse mythology. Mm -hmm. Loki could turn into you know a woman. He's done it before. Like, I mean Norse Norse mythology. So I'm really curious to see where where we go with this. Mm -hmm. But uh, right now, this is three out of five. Okay, I'm 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 two out of five. I just I I I, I was bored. Uh, the high points that were in there were good, but they did not outweigh the boredom. 
Um, mm-hmm. And they just, like, I don't know. Like, the only characters I cared about were Loki and Mobius. Uh, I don't care about the Hunters. I don't care about the TVA. Um, I know, even though Mobius is part of the TVA. Like, it's like, okay, the sooner we can put that in our rearview mirror, um, especially that Hunter uh, Hunter B-15, like, she was just dreadful. Uh, I'm I'm fine. Yeah. So, all right. So let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. All right. So this week's episode of the Bad Batch uh, was called "Where to Go." Um, battle scars. Battle scars. So this is this is a, a topic I've been looking forward to with the idea of the the inhibitor chips in the Bad Batch and and what's what's going on with them. Um, I will say, I keep talking about the formula of this show, right? It's something bad happens to the ship. They crash or, or, or something. And then someone shows up. <laughs> like from, yeah, from, they're on a, from a Star Wars lore and canon and things like that. They're on a perpetual side quest. That's what I Oh, that is the perfect way. They, you know, they should just call this Bad Batch the side quest the chronicles yeah it's it's like skyrim like skyrim is all about the side quest it's not a, the main story okay fine yeah yeah you're the dragonborn whatever but what about the, what about this town over there what about that what about that what about that that's me playing skyrim and just kidding and that's how this feels to me so but we sort of get on track this week uh a, a little bit more as far as like you said with the inhibitor chip moving the story along which I will have to say this, considering what they know about the inhibitor chip, they were pretty laissez-faire and kind of lazy about getting answers to this over the past few episodes, knowing what it does. Right, or what it could do. I think they assumed it didn't affect them. Which, I mean, tech, Echo, like... You all are supposed to be the you know the brains of this organization or of this team, and you're just saying, "Oh yeah, it's it's our deviant behavior." I think what well, we're I, really learning is that Crosshair was the brains of the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, which where is he? Where is Crosshair? I miss him. Yeah, I mean it's For like a, it's a sixteen episode season, so we we've still got yeah. eleven episodes to go, or uh, nine episodes to go. Yeah. But um, yeah, there was that uh. We 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 actually talked about this before, like in the middle of the day on the phone, right? Um, mm-hmm. my 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 the, really the the only issue I have is when Sid rips them off and then goes full Laverne from Malcolm in the v- Middle, like, well, you owe for this and that and this, and you're indebted to me and all of that. Why Hunter didn't just stab Sid right then and there and take all that money? Um, these dudes are like the killers of yeah. of the clone army right they 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 were the ones that were brought in because they were so very good ruthless at what they do yes aggression ruthless aggression um <laughs> and then smacking sid right in it, right in her stupid lizard face right um and yeah that was my that was actually what i thought when she said that i was like dude just kill her yeah just kill her that, and that take exactly it. like i, I know it's a kids yeah. show but like you know, and you know what they could have done is this would have been perfect is they could have killed her and taken that whole stash of money and blamed it on the inhibitor chip. 
because you know we saw <laughs> no seriously because Hunter had issues with it with when they were uh, trying to get the power coupling back from the the energy eating monster two episodes ago three episodes ago for I don't yeah. know whatever whenever whenever the last time the ship crashed and needed repairs um <laughs> anyway but you know it, it, like that that part of the thing like kind of bothers me um I. I was happy to see Rex. I'm not gonna lie. Um, he he mentioned your favorite two characters too. I know that 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 <laughs> made me sad. Um, <laughs> it's like oh Rex, oh Rex, Rex. How, why why Rex why? Um, but here here's my question about Rex. He has maybe well he definitely of the five of first he has the most iconic armor. Um. Of the clone army, he probably has the most recognizable armor set, right? Yeah. And he's still running around in it with just a just a poncho over it. Yeah, you might want to do a paint job to that or something. Or, or, you know, just like hang it up. Like, I still don't understand why the Bad Batch run around in their clone 99 armor. Like, I, I, I thought this was going to be a perfect time to, like, give them a new loadout and, and you know, new skins and sell more toys <laughs> um you know but that's coming let's let's be let's yeah we know that's coming but so, i thought it would be kind of what what's gonna happen is they're gonna get crosshair back they're gonna get chip out of his head and he's gonna be like boys we need to we need to be in disguise <laughs> and they're yeah, like and oh my god crosshair we never thought of that how have we survived without you i don't know guys yeah. i don't know <laughs> and uh-huh. speaking of the inhibitor chip the highlight of the episode for me was record going all Terminator on his crew. That was actually, that was the first time I've been excited. Real. I mean, truly excited for something going on in this show since the premiere. I don't know. I kind of uh, liked uh, Rika, Rika and Omega uh, eating the candy and <laughs> charging it to Sid. That was a nice little like <laughs> moment of levity. Yeah, that was, yeah. Um, but no, you're right. You're absolutely 100 percent right. This was the best moment when when he when he's uh when they when they're trying to give him the shot to put him under in the ship, the chip kicks in, and he tells Hunter, you know, good soldiers follow orders, and then grabs him by the throat. It's like, oh my god, yeah, this is it. Yeah, it's that, happening. That, yeah, that scene gave me a little chills. Why? How he just stopped it, and then he, you know, he said that line, and he just just wrecked him. Well, mm-hmm. Kind of his namesake. But it was, yeah. And then you get that touching moment where I think he was trying to fight the chip when he has Omega in his cross, well, yeah, in his crosshairs. And he, he, for a split second, he hesitates, and that was long enough for Rex to come in and you know take him down, yeah, so they could get the chip out. But yeah, when you hear Omega saying, you know, almost you know, you know, just bubbling up with emotion, like I'm your friend, I'm I'm your friend, Rekka, I'm your friend. Yeah. And it's like good soldiers follow orders. And so that whole five minute scenario was the best thing the show has done since the premiere. I, I'll put it that way. I am going to do you one better. It is the best thing the show has done since season seven of the Clone Wars. <laughs> okay. I can't, I, I can't argue that. It, either. It, it, it was the uh, best thing that they, they've done this. Season yeah, it, so was, far. it was. It was great. It, well, one, it was something we wanted to see and we expected. Two, it lived up to it, and three, they didn't kill Omega. Like, so to me, it's a it's a win win win, as Michael Scott would yes. say. Yes, 
Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I was watching a bunch of Bad Batch, like kind of like reactionary, not reaction like stuff, but like just from some of our, our usual suspects. And, you know, you get the oh, Omega's a Mary Sue. She's not. She's not a Mary Sue. No, she's not. She doesn't. She doesn't do shit. Um, but at the end of the day, she learns a lesson in every episode. And in this one, she I, I feel like this was a good like battle scars are, are going to apply to her psyche because I'm hoping coming out of this, we get um, some nightmares about Wrecker. You know? And it, you would almost have to do that because because they're so this close. is her. Yeah, and again, yes, from a, you know, a, uh, um, you know, you, from one perspective, you understand logically she might understand what happens, mm-hmm. but again, we're not just logic. You know, we have emotions, and something that you might logically be able to say, okay, I understand why this happened. It right. still affects you, right? Because you're you're human, or even if she's a clone, this has to affect her. And it would do a disservice to the story and the character if they don't have at least revisit that a, a, a bit in the future. Absolutely. About how this affected her. Her best friend, you know, has a gun about to shoot her. Right. And, you that, know, that she, has to affect she had to... a gun about to shoot him at one point, too. Yeah. And, and she wasn't I... able to pull the trigger. Like, that was yes. the interesting thing, right? If she was a Mary Sue, like they all say, um, he she would have just shot him dead. Uh, so this was directed by Saul Ruiz, who who directed um, an episode earlier in the season that we liked, and I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, but it was written by Jennifer Corbett, who co-wrote the um, the premiere, uh, the pilot episode with Dave Filoni, and I think that's why this episode was so good. Okay, that, that I do. Sense, I think then. I think like all around, this was like a better episode. Uh, I love that they went and found an old Jedi cruiser. Uh, I loved at the end that we got to see the Scrappers Guild, which if you played um, Fallen Order, you know mm-hmm. all about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, here's the thing, though, is like maybe we'll see like a young Cal Kestis at some point, like I as don't. a background character, like just walking, like hiding or in, in the shadows or, you know, like working on one of these ships if they go to like a Scrapper Yard. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that would be pretty cool. I, I would like which that. I, st- yeah, I still need to finish that game. Oh, it's so good! It's the first game I finished yeah. in like ten years. Yeah, I need to go back to. That. I was actually playing it this afternoon while I was waiting for uh, Squadrons to re-download. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, speaking of Star Wars, uh, Squadrons is if you have the PlayStation PSN, um, what's it called? Right, just the PlayStation the, Network. Yeah, the PlayStation Plus. PlayStation Plus, thank you. Uh, it's the free game this month, so definitely go download it. It's fun. If you download it, email me, let me know. I'll give you my gamer tag. We can, uh, you can, you can play against me and destroy me easily. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do it in the third person. Anyway, um, but yeah, so this this is the first one that really ends on like a good cliffhanger, um, because they're still. In they're still on uh, on Barca, and in the ship graveyard, and and now here they are having the the chips taken out of their heads. So I'm assuming there's going to be some amount of you know reorienting 
and the Scrappers Guild called the Empire. Which, yes. So. But, uh, but yeah. So, um, all right. Let's, out of five, um, let's just say five deep cut Star Wars cameos. What do you give this one? I give this a 3.5. Again, this is my, the best one since, you know, the premiere for me. Uh, couple it wasn't perfect obviously they still had the side quest going but the fact that it puts just the story forward is to go with that matter is a step in the right direction yeah cool yeah I, i'm gonna go with uh i'm just gonna go with a solid three um you know there's nothing wrong with this episode i think it does what it needs to do well um but at the same time like you said it's just it's more like side quest side questy nonsense and Less moving on with the story. But, all right. So, moving on to the next and final topic. All right. Last topic Soups and Lolo, episode eight, or I'm sorry, episode nine, Loyal Subjects with the K. Uh, directed by Eric Dean Seaton, written by Andrew N. Wong. Um, ton of stuff revealed. In this episode, this almost felt like a mid-season finale. Yeah, it did. It really did. And knowing these, you know, well, not I won't even say CW shows, but shows like this, this would have been that perfect mid-season finale. You know, if everything, if this was a normal series in the sense of, say, if it had 18 or or 20 episodes. Yeah. You know, this would be that fall, like the uh, what is the, the fall or, you know, finale that, you know, in the, at the end of November or something right. like that. Yeah. And then we go through January and maybe the end of January, beginning of February, we get new episodes. Yep. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, this one picked up like really, really kind of cool. We got, uh, we got Lana learning some things, um, about Lois being Lois. Yeah. Lo- dude. Again, like Elizabeth Turlock, Bitsy Turlock, like she's killing it as Lois Lane. She might might be like replacing Erica Durance as my favorite Lois Lane. Oh, she absolutely for me she does. So. And again, that's not a slight on Erica Durance. It's just how good she has been. Yeah, but I'm like, you know, Erica Durance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, you know, I she's know. my girl. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but no, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Lois being Lois, this this has been in my opinion, the most faithful retelling of Lois from the comics mm-hmm. that we've ever seen. Um, obviously, Lois on Smallville was, you know, Lois Lane, but like proto Lois Lane, right? Yeah. And, and and the funny thing is we got to see her to mature into being an amazing pseudo-comic accurate version of Lois Lane. Margot Kidder did a great job. She's, you know... For most people, she's it for Lois Lane, like the iconic one. And I get it, but like, you know, I like to dig a little deeper into my into my characters that I enjoy. But I love Lois. I mean, Lois Lane is one of the greatest characters in the all of comics, hands down. Yeah. Um. But so, you know, there was that. And then the best part about this <laughs> was the fact that there were actual consequences what happened in la- from what happened in last week's episode. Yeah, and what I put here, unintended consequences of experimental weapons. You, That's one of the things you don't get a lot of in 
in shows where something happens and it's like an experimental weapon and you never have side effects that and I won't say never, but you rarely have the side effects that follow up and, you know, and cause issues with our protagonist. Right. Which would, you, and, would and you call this I, a, a lab leak? <laughs> 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 oh man. Uh, no, you're right. I mean, the unexpected consequence was just Jordan like, and man, that, that poor kid, like he can't catch a, he, he can't catch a break. Yeah, he's... he ended up going bad, like uh, having to deal with everything he has to deal with, because like his powers when they turn on or go haywire, they turn on or go haywire. You know what I mean? In all caps. Yeah. But one of the things I loved about and again, I love how this show is shot. They do the slow motion and good. And, you know, they don't oversaturate us with right. this. Even though I love our boy Zack Snyder, he he oversaturates. Whoa, his whoa, whoa, whistle. whoa, 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 whoa! He's not our boy. He's your boy. Yeah, my I, I thought that's it, my boy. So I I tolerate if, Zack Snyder at best. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that is accurate. That is absolutely accurate. <laughs> Sorry, I just you know like you know I I most of the time you speak for me and you're right. <laughs> so I love that. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> All right, back to the slow motion. But, Sorry. <laughs> and then I, when yeah, he, you know, Clark with the family and everything, and he hears a bank robbery in mm -hmm. Mexico. And I love when he lands, bursts open the door, and he has he takes that breath where it's like, okay, something's not right here. Right. Oh, and he's like when he when he like he doesn't grab his chest, but he rubs his chest because he's feeling his heartbeat. You know. Uh Yeah. But all right, so when he goes to stop the bank robbery. I feel like he's not so concerned about being the world being made of cardboard because he like explodes that door and sends door shrapnel everywhere. Yeah, that, right? That that might that probably would have killed someone. And and so I'm just saying. But like here's the thing is like all they needed to do to make like to really even sell the the kryptonite sickness even a little bit more it's just have him shake his head a little bit. Like, wait, why did the why did I explode the door like that? Like, yeah. just just a little bit of nuance there, and it 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 plays up the more like like feeling his chest, like you know, taking that deep breath. Um, but watching that guy unload the shotgun at point blank on him, and to finally watch Superman go down, that was kind of cool. Yeah, and he woke up mad. Oh, but he still kept his temper in check. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, and like broken, broken trust is not a thing with with our boy Kal El. Yeah, and this is what I love about uh, Hawkland's performance and how they're writing this this soups. They're writing him more. Again, I know he's Kryptonian. I know he, you know, he is the ideal of hope, as they say in Man of Steel. But he's still human, and, or he's. Not he's still human. He's human in the sense of he, he was raised by human. Right. Yeah, he has humanity. So he has those emotions. And, you know, he gets mad. He gets angry. And I love how they did. They played with that a couple episodes ago where he got shot with the kryptonite bullets. And yep. he was pissed. Well, and he's still pissed off from from hell having the uh, or Project 7734. 
um, having, yeah. you know, the, the experimental weapons. My favorite thing is when w- the way he projects madness is when he sets his like very defined jaw. Yes. Like it's like, oh, like I, I feel like if I ever were to meet Tyler Hawkman, I'd be like, dude, can you just set the jaw like you're mad? I just want to see it in person because like <laughs> it's fucking the coolest thing you do. Like, I mean, like, honestly, like, it's it's those little things, you know, like we joke about Tom Welling face. Right. Um, But Tom learned that, like, as he went on, he figured out, like, hey, I can use like all the parts of my perfectly symmetrical face to, like, tell a story about what's happening, not just, you know, being a, a slack jawed Smallville yokel. Um, and, and yeah, I thought I thought that was really, really just. Every everything that happened there with with that was really kind of cool. Uh, the visuals were great. Uh, watching him almost cross the line, like I feel like he almost crossed the line when he was throwing the the thugs around, um, especially yeah. after he came to. But but it was really cool, and I was shocked that when we saw the 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 thing later on, it was. Uh, you know, Superman stops bank robbery. It was in the story that they mentioned him getting taken down, and that wasn't the headline. Yeah. Yeah. And, again, you see the after effects on him, just just on him in the sense of he looked like he got beaten with a baseball bat, a, oh, a normal person. Yeah, when got, he was at home with the with ice yeah. and, like. <sighs> and, and Lois was like, what the hell happened? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like Superman doesn't bruise, right? Do, do you and, do you like that they talk about Superman in the third person like that? I I really enjoy the way they converse about Superman. Yeah, I, actually, I, there's something I don't know. I I like something I really like because he's that. Clark. Uh, to her, he's Clark. Yeah, and and to the boys, he's Clark. But like Superman is is a part of their lives, but he's just another person. Um, and like I said, I I really like that. I I think. It just adds a whole nother layer to to the relationship. Yeah, and and one of the things I actually meant to say last week is how Lois kept her cool enough when uh, John Henry Irons was about to stab him to stay in character mm-hmm. and not call him Clark yep. or my husband or something like that. Yeah, because even though you know. could see, yeah, yeah, you could see in her face the panic when he's about to you know stab him with that spear, mm-hmm. stab Clark or stab Soups with the spear. How she she like almost well not almost she freaks but yeah. she still stays in that character and maybe this that's a way of doing it is you know kind of when they're home alone every now and then using that third person just yeah. and I don't again you know I might be reaching I'm you know really? putting motivations for why they use it but still I I do like that I, I, it's a nice touch I I just think it's a it's a good bit of character development that's all like we 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 always are like saying hey we want more from the story we want we want consistency with characters and things like that and i feel like this is something that's small that a lot of people probably don't notice but it needs to be called out because you know the the todd helbig is is running like a really consistent shop when it when it comes to these characters and their motivations and who they are yes and then we have you know again we're talking about unintended consequences mm-hmm. not only not only do and you mentioned this about Jordan having just the worst luck. Just Not only do we luck. get Clark Clark being affected by that experimental gas, uh, you have him transferring it. You're infecting 
his son Jordan on with it. And Jordan has much different effects. Poor Jordan. The effects on him. So he he got his super breath this week. And it almost <laughs> killed him. I mean, yeah, so yeah. I mean he had a cold. Jordan got a cold. And like you like happens when you get a cold or the flu, you get fluid in your lungs. And unfortunately, every time Jordan was breathing in, his body was trying to fight that liquid off with super breath. Yeah. And was slowly freezing his lungs. Which is a pretty, I mean, not for Jordan, but it was pretty cool how they explained that. It, it, I mean, it was really, it, I mean, it was really quite cool. Like kind of a, a deeper look Literally into cool. the, yeah, sorry. Uh, it was a deeper <laughs> look into like kind of the Kryptonian physiology and, and the, the powers of, of how they affect that body uh, or the, like a body, how, how powers like that affect it. And, you know, the, the, central nervous system the immune system all all of that like i know i'm getting kind of nerdy but um you know i felt bad for jordan because like now he's let sarah down again yeah but like her dad stepped up this time so it's kind of like but here's the thing is like he was acting sick and and you know so it's like no i got i just got sick like you know i had to go i had to go to the doctor you know (laughs) but here's the thing is I don't think you've noticed this, but in these shows, parents don't actually talk to the kids or the other kids that they're friends with. They're like, "Oh yeah, no, he was sick. It's you know, so he's he he tore himself up about missing it, Sarah. But it sounds like it was awesome that your dad stepped up. You know that that's all that takes yeah. to to keep it from going so angsty and whiny, because yeah, they they can they can go angsty and whiny. I mean, not like whiny Allen level whiny, but still. Yeah, but uh, there there are bigger fish to fry now. That oh, yeah, yeah. Some this because I I agree with that point, and that that's that's I was I won't say it's a miss, but it's kind of like one of those miss nitpicks. But it's a miss that could very well solve some of the issues, some of the teenage drama. Yep. But hey, and hold on, before we move on, can we just take a second and and recognize Andy Narvati's beautiful voice? Wow! Yes, beautiful voice, beautiful singing voice. Like, uh, I'm assuming it was I, her because, like, I feel like these these CW actresses all have that like one, two, three act. Well, hold on, one, two, three dance, sing, act in that order skill set. Yeah. Um, and she she crushed that song. I mean, that was that was really cool. Yeah. So. Back to the one of some big revelations, you know, we, we talk about and, you know, you bring up her dad and not just her dad, but what was there? The Lana's friend, Emily, her friend Emily, Emily. who yeah. went who went through the procedure and we see what what actually happens mm-hmm. when they go through that procedure. We see the you know, the melding of the Kryptonian sentience or the Kryptonian personality it's and I look at it like it's being overlaid but it takes time to see totally seep in so well they kind of explain that a little bit with right. the dialogue it, it is an overlay but it's not a full erasure and it's when the other when the original personality pokes out is when they get destroyed right 
Right. So, or when they self-destruct. I mean, it's it's so close to extremists from Iron Man 3. Yeah, that um, was last week when you said that. That was a very apt comparison. It, it, it It's so close to it. Um, it's just a little less violent of a reaction, right? Um, but, like, we also haven't seen them, like, the, the people they're taking are, like, in really good physical condition and things like that. Like, I, I think it'd have been more interesting to see them like healing people. Like people have been sick and, you know, just kind of like, you know, Oh yeah, this person was sick and they went into edges facility and now they're better and look at them. And, you know, but my question is, so like does Kyle, like we got to see Kyle play guitar. We got to see Kyle being a dad, right? Will he eventually right. lose the Kyle memories? Yeah, or or is it more of something kind of like you're doing a comparison document yeah. and you merge everything together? Like I don't. That's again, that's yeah. one of those questions. It's that like are that open. Excel merge docs. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, anything that's the same gets you know overwritten. Anything that's different, you know, that's that's where you know you messed because up because you have you know you have Kyle where. And again, we were talking about this last week, how we loved what they did with him, his character. Oh, yeah. And too too often you have a character like Kyle where he's, you know, you just use him as, yeah, he's going to be the ass that, you know, causes trouble. But they really did a job, you know, having us sympathize for him. And then they give us this, well, I won't call it a swerve because we kind of knew it was coming. I just didn't know it was going to come this soon. I assumed it was uh, going to be like the one of the very last things we saw this season. Yeah. So having him show up, you know, at the, you know, the Kent farm while, you know, jo Jonathan and Lois are running from Emily and, and big man, which yeah. I don't, I don't know his name that were sent to, you know, sent by Morgan Edge. Cause you know, more, one of the things Morgan Edge says is, Oh, Superman's having issues. This mm -hmm. is a perfect time right. to take Lois off the board. And then Kyle shows up. I'm like, why is he there? Mm -hmm. And I, I, one thing we haven't talked about yet is Jonathan, dude. He's he's got some slippery fingers. He took the weapons from the camper, right? And again, that probably saved them. Yeah. Because well, I, honestly, he, I think uh, I think Sam saved them. Um, with with oh, having yeah, he, having yeah, the kryptonite gas yes. and you know, like he like this was a good Sam Lane episode as well. Because you got to see just how capable of a soldier he is, and he's not some bureaucrat. Like he knew what he was going up against. He knew he was going up against Kryptonians, essentially. And right, you know, there there was no chill there at all. He he started bombing them with the with the smoke and was you know trying to attack them and and doing the best that he could as just a mere mortal. Because remember when Clark was fighting the dude last week and the smoke went off. I mean, that guy was a fully powered subject uh, with a K. And, you know, it, it took Clark, who, you know, is, is a native Kryptonian, to like a little while to be able to take him down. And, and you know, Sam did, I felt like, did an awesome job, like fighting them off. Oh, giving, absolutely. Giving did. John and, and Lois time to get away. Yeah, ab absolutely. He did. And, Whatever that that weapon was, I want one of those. Oh, the uh, the solar, the solar gun. Yeah, but that 
the the reveal that Kyle is actually you know was mm-hmm. overlaid. I'm going to use that term. Yeah, was great. Let's call it's it like it nice sub- shot. Let's call it subjected with a K because they're subjects. They're subjected. Yeah, yeah, with a K. With it. Um. So yeah, Kyle was subjected. <laughs> but yeah, you're right when he says nice shot. And and then the cruelty of Morgan Edge, where he says he wants you to suffer. So you're going to have to wa- basically watch me kill your son first. Okay, so here's my question. Does Morgan Edge know that Superman is Clark? Or does he just know that Clark and Lois have this relationship from the whole Daily Planet thing? And I, I he's think, making Lois suffer. I think it's the latter. That's but, what I think, too. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I'm pretty sure I think I, I, I'm betting on the latter. But we'll know more next week because we do have the showdown that's or the face off. That's all, I would call it that between Clark. And this Morgan was Edge. A, that was a great reveal at the end. Um, so Lois's beacon goes off. Clark flies out to it. Um, and it's Morgan Edge standing there and on just some plateau. Kind of, I, it was like almost it made me think about the plateau where he left the thugs in the van right um, right that's what it looked like and and so in in a rare loss of just kind of awareness for for this version of superman he goes all in like full speed and it turns out that edge is not who we think he is and he smacks him down and, yeah, and uh and I- yeah, I was, love how the camera finally pans and you see the Kryptonian symbol. Right. Yeah. On his chest. If he's Zod, though, I'm in a rage quit the show. Don't don't do that. Like I, that was. Actually, I'm not for good. Rage quit. For, if he's Zod, I'm yeah. just not oh, gonna I would, like yeah. it. But yeah, like, for good or yeah. ill, that was my first reaction when I first saw that he's Kryptonian. It, it didn't look like the the Zod L like you know symbol. But no. I'll admit I'm rusty on my Kryptonian, so you know. Yeah, I haven't. I, I got to brush <laughs> off on <from> those skills. <laughs> uh, um, but no, I mean that was great, and then I, I loved it when he just does what I feel like every Kryptonian bad guy should do, and lifts off, and is is just yeah. floating a couple like couple feet off the ground, like because he's too good to stand on Earth. Um. Like I feel like that that is that is the arrogance that is the Kryptonian people. And yeah, just remember in Man of Steel, that's exactly what Zod did yep. when he finally mastered the yeah. ability to fly. Well so, didn't some I believe you said if you could fly you would never I would never my feet would never ever touch the ground again. So <laughs> never. Like the only like surface I would touch is when I go in the water. Like because I'd still want to go underwater. <laughs> um, all right, one thing we skipped over: the reason X Kryptonite works in Smallville, we learned it. Oh, is huge be- reason! Because huge reason. they've all been around it since Clark came to Earth. Because it's the 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 localized area of Krypto- uh, X Kryptonite, and I loved even just the little bit where where they were talking about Kryptonite coming to Earth. The meteor shower lasted for a week. And and Clark goes, yeah, every kind of kryptonite, <laughs> like just kind of yeah. like, like kind of funny, but kind of like, yeah, just every kryptonite you could possibly think of, like 
you know, I, I just thought <laughs> it was a, it was a nice little like wink and tip of the hat to like, you know, hey, guess what? We could do whatever we want with Kryptonite because there's every kind. Wah, wah. Um, <laughs> All kinds. Yeah. But yeah, I love that because that was you, the coolest we, reveal. Yeah. And you realize, OK, yes, that's why. Smallville is important to Morgan mm-hmm. Edge. It's not that he ha- has the ex Kryptonites there, yeah. but it's people who can become subjects that you know uh, have the ability to withstand these, you know, this subjections. Yeah, they can become will. permanent subjections. Yes. So, uh, but again, just, it's just it's just the writing and yeah, the so writing bad. and how the they acting. how everything flows together. Yes, it just this show's just. This this is the superhero like so if 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 you're listening at this point or if you're watching this on YouTube like and subscribe, uh, but if you're if you're if you if you're this far in like and you haven't watched this show, this is this is the show that will cure any superhero fatigue you might be feeling. Yes. Um, whether it, it be is, from movies or right. whether it be from the previous CW shows, or I mean, not now, previous, but CW shows that are still going on. I know we're gushing over this show, right? We gush over this. We're 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 very we're close to being soups and Lolo stands. Um, yeah, if we aren't already, uh, that's debatable. But like, this is by no means a perfect show, but it's doing so many things right. The, the the things that it does kind of get wrong, like the the editor of the Daily or whatever, the Smallville Gazette or the Smallville I don't even know. Um the you know, that that's a character that's kinda like, okay, like if she's not a subject at some point, I'm gonna be disappointed. Um <laughs> But, you know, and, and some of the other kind of like townspeople coming in and and the fact that like Superman seems to kind of be shirking some of his responsibilities and, and nobody's figured out that he's not in Metropolis anymore and, and inner gang just hasn't taken over. Um, it's, it's still, it's so, it's so much better than everything we've had over the last yeah. five years. Um, and especially where this version of Superman came from on Supergirl to now to this character to who, being from being knows? a jobber to being yeah, yeah. To, from being the jobber to being the the one getting the big push so like as he, he went, should like I, I look at him like Jeff Hardy right like Jeff Hardy was was started out him and his brother and and Gregory Helms they were going to shows and getting paid fifty dollars to wrestle get jobbed out when when WWE was you know within like five hundred miles of them and you know uh, I forget who the guy was but that was who set it up for him and he was taking 40 of the $50. Um, but like, you know, Jeff worked and worked and worked and became world champ. And, you know, and, and it's not, it's not necessarily the same thing, but it, it it's just seeing the work that they've put into, to rehabbing this character. Mm-hmm. I think is really cool because even in the crisis, he was sidelined. Yes. Because Lex Luthor was going around killing Superman. Right, man. Which, anyway, but yeah, I I love this 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 is what we've wanted from Superman when he first came to the you know or I wanted when he first appeared on Supergirl yeah, and we we finally got it. So I yep. I just lo- love what they've done with this show, and like you said, it's not perfect, but the 
the good parts are so good it pushes it puts aside it helps you ignore almost ignore or tolerate stuff that would be either like like again because one of the things of what i didn't like is the editor of the whatever the smallville gazette or that was the thing i put on here and I, I, the only other thing I said was Kyle's turn just because it was quicker than I thought mm-hmm. it, it, but when you think about how they built him up last episode, it kind of makes sense why they did it right now. But again, I thought they could have used him for another episode or two before it got to this, you know, again, you know, small nitpick, but overall, I just, I mean, this, this show just keeps coming and just keeps just giving us good, good, good content. Right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So out of five multi multiverse solar guns, because that was a pretty freaking cool reveal. Because you thought it was just going to be a regular gun, and it fired off a solar yeah. blast. What do you give the show? I'm going with my point uh, two five. I'm giving it a four point two five. Okay. I, again, I thought it was good most of the show was good. And then the last 15 minutes just took it off. But I mean, there were some moments, you know, through the first part of the show that weren't as strong. I loved how we started off and got more of Lois being Lois Lane being Lois Lane. Yep. Love what Jonathan did mm-hmm. and, you know, the whole unintended consequences and having payoff for something that happened with what, with what we don't see with experimental weapons and how, you know, stuff happens that, you know, the creators didn't expect. So I like that. I love the Morgan edge reveal. I'm really curious to see what happens with very, uh, very excited to see what happens with him. Yeah. You know, with Kyle saying, Hey, I woke up being, you know, and I, I woke up in a ditch or something like that. You know, he had a blackout. Mm-hmm. So how that, how that plays into him, his family. Yeah. And if it's can they save him? Or you know, know. there's a lot of questions coming out of that. But yeah, four point two five. So I'm giving a four point five, but I feel like you really want to join me at the four point five. The the, the four point two five is a little <laughs> low. Um so and and honestly, I give it that bump up, um, partly because uh Sarah's just performance was really cool and I think that needs to be recognized. And and mm-hmm. two, just the, the 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 little bits of continuity that they keep running through this show, um really well like they do all the small things right and and that's where most shows fail yep so all right well um i think we've reached the end of the episode (laughs) so if you don't have anything else thank you all for listening um like and subscribe on whatever you're listening to um and if you like the show, uh, head over to Apple Podcast or head over to the, actually just head over to the website and there's a there's a link for Podchaser. Just drop in a, a, a solid review that you think we've earned and that would be uh, super helpful. All right. Any last words? Nope. Be on the, well, be on the lookout for some content about E3 uh, early oh, yeah. next week. Yeah. Daryl's Daryl's going to talk about E3. Anyway. <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. 
To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.